I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 83 of the Cantabite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and here with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? Well, we're both sick. It's exciting times here at the Cantabite Dispatch. Yes. We both feel like shit. Brittany is high on cold pills. Yeah, I I told Emily the last time I was high on cold pills, I wanted someone else's podcast and told someone I would bang them. And now they're my boyfriend. So let's see how this goes. I mean, that's a pretty good track record. I know. What? So after this, are we going to get married, Emily? Yes. Okay. I hope Carlos is okay with that. Well, he is an ordained minister, so I'll call him. (laughs) Hey, boyfriend, can you... (laughs) Perform my marriage ceremony to somebody else. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be totally fine with it. He'll he'll support. He'll support it. Okay. I mean, I feel like maybe we should wait until we actually meet in person. But oh, let's you know. get married at celebration. There are many places at celebration where we get married. We can get married underneath the Tie Fighter. We can get married at one of the places where they have like the live. Like they have, like they make like job of the hut and everything. You can get married at a bar. We can get married in the dungeon that they have us in before the episode nine panel. We can get married inside the episode nine panel. There are many places where we can get married. Yeah. Okay. I'll start working on it. Yeah. Okay. You can tell I've been thinking about this because of how many options I had. I'll bring like some confetti. I'll bring the porgs. <laughs> yeah, of course. yeah, we have to have the porgs to witness it. Yeah, we need witnesses. Um, Let's see, what are we going to talk about this week? There's not a ton of news. There's some stuff. Um, We're going to talk about some Galaxy's Edge stuff. We're going to talk about some Celebration stuff. We're going to talk about uh, Resistance, The Descent. And then for Monthly Men Movies, probably we're going to talk about Captain Marvel. Uh, and we'll do that at the very end, because I know the movie just came out. So we'll give you plenty of warning to turn it off before there are spoilers. Yes. But starting off news, we have opening dates for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Phase one. Fuck the phases. Honestly, 
It's just Disney being like, well, we might as well open it early, even though we're not finished yet. Jazz hands. <laughs> okay, so for those who don't know, what's going to happen is in Disneyland, Galaxy's Edge is opening May 31st. But only one of the rides is going to be open. Only the Millennium Falcon one, not the Rise of the Resistance. And there's no date on when Phase 2 is going to start. It's just later this year. And Disney World Galaxy's Edge is going to open August 29th. Yes, which that is a surprise because originally it was supposed to be December or winter of 2019 because of all the piping issues that Toy Story Land caused. But I guess they decided to come together last minute and be like, you know, we're not finished yet. So let's just open it and let's just say, oh, we want everyone to experience Galaxy's Edge opening phase by phase. Like, fuck you. Open the whole park. Like, think about how more congested it's going to be that only half of it is going to well, be yeah, open. And I mean, look, I mean, the, I know the lines for the ride's going to be insane no matter what, but isn't the line going to be more insane if there's only one ride? Oh. But get this, no fast passes. They're fucked. They're fucked. So you're guaranteed to wait 50,000 hours in line because if you had a fast pass, the most you could wait in line is like 30 minutes. I, I'm honestly, when I heard that, because I was, I was reading through some of the Disney bloggers and I'm hoping that's not true, but... Why are they screwing us over? Okay, so when you have a fast pass, that gives you like, a, like a certain time you go to the ride, right? Is that how that works? Fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's either five or fifteen minutes before your fast pass, or an hour to an hour and fifteen minutes after. So you're giving an you're given an hour window to go on that ride, and in the fast pass line, it can go anywhere from like five. To 30 minutes probably the most busy fast pass line i've ever been in was at the flight of passage at pandora land at uh animal kingdom and i think the longest i went in that line was 30 minutes with the fast pass because that is one of the longest lined disney rides to date because when we were there last people are waiting over 200 minutes to okay go here's my ride. question for galaxy's edge which is galaxy's yeah. edge one of the things they're doing is you're going to have to make a reservation for it. And it's they're not they're not charging yeah. you extra for Galaxy's Edge, but you're going to have to like reserve a spot to get in and that's how they're doing some of the crowd control. Why don't they partner that with ride times? Like couldn't you do that? Like if people have to get if people have to get a pa a separate pass to get into the park anyway and like if you're if you're staying at one of the three resorts, you're going to be you're going to be given one. Why can't they then be like, OK, here's your Galaxy's Edge Pass and here is the time window for you to go to the Millennium Falcon ride? I feel like that would create confusion. Like I know like you and me talking about this, it sounds completely normal, but to someone else, they could be totally confused about it because the fast pass system is still something that not many people know about. Like if I go to Disneyland right now and talk to someone about fast passes, they could look at me and be like, what the fuck is a fast pass? Like people 
aren't as experienced with Disney parks and the fast pass system because I other parks like uh Universal or even SeaWorld, you have to pay to get the fast passes. And so that's why people don't know about it. They just ignore it because you have to pay for it. But at Disneyland, kind of you have to pay for it. But at Disney World, you don't. Like you have an app, you have like the magical wristbands that scan you for fast passes. And then there's this app that you use. It's like the Disney Parks app. And that's how you get fast passes, reservations. And that's probably how they're going to do the reservations to Galaxy's Edge is through that app, which is going to be interesting because a lot of people don't know how the fuck you're going to get the reservations. I think they're going. To, it's going to be through the app, but I'm interested to see how many people they'll have to hire to operate that wait list to get into Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, the other thing is like, we know that you're going to need a pass and we know that the whole park's not going to, I mean, the whole land's not going to be open when the park opens, but that's because we're specifically paying attention to this shit. And there's going to be a lot yeah. of people, there could be a lot of people who don't. No, so many people are going to be confused. And especially too, a lot of people are forgetting that you only need a reservation to get into Disneyland. Disney World, first come first serve which um <laughs> i don't know why they're doing that but i'm definitely not stepping into the disney parks for at least a couple months i say that now maybe something will happen where someone's like hey Brittany, you want to go to galaxy's edge and i say yes to everything because i'm too nice and i'm like yeah sure but i that's gonna be crazy like i'm really eager to see what what happens like through like the Disney bloggers through, you know, of our friends decide to go because this is going to be unheard of. Like it, it's going to be bad. I honestly, I I'm fearing the worst for this opening. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like it's going to be no matter what, it's going to be an enormous clusterfuck. It is. And, you know, like in Bresnikin's article talk when he was talking about how Disney officials haven't officially stated how they're going to control crowds, like they still have no idea how they're going to do this. Like, I'm surprised that they haven't released any information about this yet. I want to know when they're going to release information Excuse me, about how they're going to control these crowds because it's going to be insane and then i feel for those people who have no idea what's going on who you know are planning to visit disneyland or disney world for the first time ever with their families and they're gonna have to deal with this clusterfuck of people yeah i mean i mean here's the thing is i i don't know how you do this like it's such a massive undertaking but it really does seem like the way they're doing it they're fucked I feel like they know they're, that they're fucked. Yeah, and they're just sort of doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we'll see that. The I mean, because right now they're saying there, there's no, like, passes for the Disney World one. But I wonder if that'll change after Disneyland opens. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But it's interesting because in the article it says, if you're planning to visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland Park between May 31st and June 23rd, 
You'll need a valid theme park admission and you'll be required to make a no cost reservation subject to availability. So maybe they're going to try to test this to see how it's going to go. And then they're going to base that whether or not they want to do that at. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's sort Florida. of what I'm thinking of is they'll they'll either know this doesn't actually help. Or we absolutely need to do this and we need to, you know, ca- cap the numbers differently or we need to do the system differently. It's just a test run on a really massive scale. This is just one big experiment and it's going to cost a lot of people's time and effort and money, especially. People are going to pay thousands of dollars to go to a shitty park opening. Yeah. I hate, it. I hate admitting it, but this is going to be a disaster. Like, as excited as I am about Galaxy's Edge and as hopeful I am for the Disney parks and for, you know, everything Disney, like, this is going to be a fucking mess. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like something I wouldn't want to be anywhere near. I know. And it's interesting because uh, I have one of the Disney passes. I have like the cheapest California, Southern California Disneyland year pass that they have. And the whole months of June, July, and August are blacked out. Damn. I know. Usually it's just June and July and like some days in August, but I don't know. <sighs> okay, why are these day quills making me like burp a lot? I apologize. <laughs> Am I becoming a man? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I think it's so stupid that they're opening this in phases. Like, I would have just wanted them to wait to open the park later than opening it up. Because I know, you know, they want to open this park up for, like, the summer and everything. But I would rather want a finished park rather than, oh, we're going to have to wait to open this. Because that's what Pixar Land is basically doing in California Adventure. Like, they're still waiting on on rides to open. And I don't think that looks good. Like it, it's not going to look good when they have the big press event for Galaxy's Edge and they're like, well, we can't go over there yet because it's not open. Like, come on, Disney. Yeah, well, you know especially better than when, that. Like you're building it as this really immersive experience. And then it's like, oh, here's a roped off construction area. How is it immer- immersive when part yeah, of it exactly. is open? I don't know. I'd have to ask my sister what she thinks about this because she used to work for them. But I don't know. Like I, I'm just I'm, I'm more shocked than anything. Like of course when I first read this, like I was like really excited. Like I had just gotten home from work and I was about to go to sleep and I read all this shit and I'm like, well, I'm not sleeping for another six hours. But I don't know, man. Like I want to know what everyone else thinks or if they care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think th- I don't think they care because. It's okay. Oh, well, here here we go, because we'll have more on this soon. Actually, this will already have happened by the time this episode gets out. But um, Steel Saunders, who does Steel Wars, is doing an interview with Bresnikin tonight about Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) Damn. I'm going to listen to that. 
Yeah. All right. So maybe Brittany, because you're if are you on the Patreon? Because then you can you can go on and ask questions. Yeah. Has he posted anything on Patreon? It was just like it just went up. I just got the email about it. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. So. Okay. Yeah. So you can do that. Yeah. Because Steel is specifically asking people to ask questions. All right. I am going to be on that. But I don't know. As a non-theme park goer, what do you think about all of this Galaxy's Edge stuff? I mean, I just, I wouldn't ever want to deal with the fucking crowds. And I certainly wouldn't want to deal with the crowds for a half-open park. And I wouldn't want to spend that amount of money for a half-open land. Like, it'd be okay. It's one thing if there's, like, five rides and one of them isn't working, you know? Like, rides break. I get that. But if you only have two rides and one of them is not in operation for another three months, I don't know. That that doesn't sit right with me. Also, it's probably a safety thing, too, because how immersive this ride is, like... I think they said that it's supposed to be like a 30 minute ride. Like it's supposed to be like this rise of the resistance ride is supposed to be unlike anything. I ain't doing the whole anything Disney has ever done before, but I mean, that's just how it is. But a lot can go wrong. Like you hear all those horror stories of things that happen to people at amusement parks, like deaths amputations like you name it like unfortunately all these terrible things could happen and that's probably why it's taking them so long well, yeah, but then you just don't open it at all until it's ready exactly but i feel disney is just so money hungry or just hungry and they're like what let's just have all the people let's just do it and i and i hate admitting this because this ruins our chances of getting into galaxy's edge early for all the Disney Imagineers listening to this podcast, but there's a bunch of them. <laughs> well, the guy who plays Kaz on Resistance No follows our podcast on Twitter. So I can. <laughs> he probably listens to us. Oh, oh, I, I would think if he ever did, he stopped pretty quickly. <laughs> no. If if I was on an animated show. And someone hated my character. You know, I would keep on listening to see, like, if they continue <laughs> on hating my character. Which, actually, this week I didn't. We'll get to that later. I thought he was great this week. Yeah. And hate is a strong word. We just dislike some qualities of the character's I traits. I mean, it's not, it's, not, abilities. it's not the actor's fault that, he run, that the character keeps tripping over things. <laughs> no, I just when he's recording, he's just tripping <laughs> over things, and they're just like, "Hey, we're we're gonna keep that. We're gonna keep that audio." <clears throat> Do you have any further Galaxy's Edge thoughts? Nope, but I'm thinking about Chicago hot dogs. Okay, I mean, right now my stomach is all gross, and that makes me want to throw up. But okay, what do you have? What do you mean? Sickness, okay, I mean. Um, Sickness-wise. You know, it's one of those things where I woke up and I just went, oh, no. Because, like, my <laughs> my throat was scratchy. 
and my chest feels congested. Like there's like I've started like my cough isn't really bad yet and it's going to get really bad because that's what happens when I get a cough. But it definitely feels that, like when you feel like you just have a weight on your chest. And I haven't I haven't thrown up or anything, but I do feel like I feel nauseous and I just feel tired, like just worn out and tired and cold. Oh. So what's going on? Yeah. You need an electric I, blanket. No, I'm, no, I don't. I have lots of other blankets. I have a weighted blanket that I really like, but ooh, what but, do you? What do you have? Um. Well, I'm the same as you. As the other night, I had a scratchy throat. It was like right before I saw Captain Marvel. I was like, "Fuck!" And I slept all day on Friday, and then yesterday, my throat was just like kind of like still really scratchy. And I knew I was sick because I was talking on the phone with Carlos last night and I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I felt bad. But yeah, my nose is running and I better go catch it. And then my chest is heavy. And I I tried. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of Araj's podcast, uh, they read. Uh, welcome, 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 part two. That Rusty wrote, and it's really funny. I think you should guys go. You got you guys should go listen to that because I always cry laughing listening to that. But I, I cried a lot of things now. Like I cried before Captain Marvel watching that Lion King teaser. Um, I cried watching that Disney commercial that's on Instagram with like the duck wanting to be Donald Duck. And then my parents are watching Phantom Thread last night and I thought of you. Oh, okay. Yeah. They said it was really dark. Eh, yeah. I mean, it's not a nice movie. Nah. But um I hope you feel better. Uh yeah, you too. Yeah. Um, let's see what else happened. Oh, we got some celebration little things. We're getting more and more. Uh, Ahmed Best is going to be at celebration. And so will Aaron Kellerman, who played Infus Nest. Yay. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, I'm assuming Ahmed Best is going to do the. Yes, he said uh, on Twitter. The Okay. Yeah. So he's going to be on the big panel. On Monday for Phantom Menace. And it took me a little to get there because I could not remember the name of that movie for like 10 seconds. But <laughs> I think I think he's going to get a very warm welcome. I think for the most part, his coming out and being really honest with sort of all the shit they had to deal with and how much it affected him after after those movies. I think fandom really has embraced him a lot. And so I think I think he's gonna get like standing ovation, people are gonna lose their minds kind of thing. I'm glad he deserves it. He deserves every every bit of the positive attention that he's gonna get. Because he's it's amazing to be honest about everything that he's been through since that movie. Well, yeah, and it's just, it's so awful just that that 
people are like that because they don't like a movie or don't like a character. And and I think that it is something that really made people stop and, and take a step back in how they talk about their shit. But it's even more awful that people are, you know, welcoming Ahmed Best with warm embraces but are still giving shit to like kelly marie tran yeah that's i mean the fact that there are people who don't see those two things as being the exact same thing really bugs me but i agree um there's also going to be three different animation panels they're doing one as a sort of like rebels remembered thing they're doing one on the new series of Clone Wars. And they're doing a Resistance panel. Um, Clone Wars, I'm assuming we're going to get some footage. Yeah, like an actual trailer. With actual like show footage and not just like a teaser thing. Resistance, I'm not. I'm not sure on because I don't know. I don't know what their lead times are on that show, and I don't know when the show's coming back. Like maybe that's stuff they'll talk about, but probably just some idea of this is where the second season is going to go. Okay, I know that Dave Filoni did it. Did some of Resistance stuff, but who's like the main like brain for Resistance? Wars Resistance showrunner. Um, yeah, he's an executive producer, but... Okay, you're telling me that it's not Dave Filoni, but who <laughs> Filoni created it. But he's working on Clone Wars. Hmm. That's not helpful. Well, whoever created it, you're doing a really good job. And you should keep that up. And you're probably not listening, but if you are, good job. Would you go to any of these panels, Emily? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to depend on, like... Like they're not necessarily ones I would wait overnight for, but oh God, no. I really liked Resistance, especially these last couple of weeks. So I'd be happy to go to that one. Um, I I I'm interested in Clone Wars just because I really want to know what the Clone Wars is going to be. I mean, Rebels I'm not going to go to just because I I was never into it, and I'd rather not take up a seat, you know, for something that I don't <laughs> care about. First, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to do the uh, the panels and like how if it's going to be like first come first serve or the whole lines thing like there's still no like confirmation of what they're going to do yet. No. right? But I'm sort of in the mindset of I'm just not going to worry about it until I have to worry about it. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a little bit, but at the same time. I'm just excited that I'm going and that I don't have to worry about getting it off from work because your girl did that. Yay. Yay. But I'm excited to see you 
Um, okay. I saw some people posting about what to bring health-wise to celebration, like airborne or a bunch of hand sanitizer. What would you bring health-wise, like health, like to try to not get germs and stuff? I mean, look, you're either going to get sick or you're not going to get sick. I mean, just like wash yeah. your hands a lot. I'm going to bring hand sanitizer. Um, I I mean, really, like airborne, just if you normally take a multivitamin, just take whatever multivitamin you normally take. Um, there's not really anything you can do about that. But... I mean, chances are pretty good that you're going to get sick. Really? Okay, but my argument to that is if I could go to Disney parks and, like, not get sick, well, Rusty got bronchitis, but Rusty's not in this right now, then, you know, I imagine I should be fine, but also I'm in a giant convention hall with a bunch of nerdy people well it's not that it's that i mean not that- you're in an enclosed space yeah with lots and lots of people who are in very close quarters and everybody's touching everything yeah which is basically it's a small world like any like any like time you're going to somebody's like merch table or looking at like an artist stuff anything you've touched or has been touched by thousands of other people and Sexy. you're not sleeping well if you're sleeping at all. So your immune system is going to be more fucked than usual, especially if you're also drinking a lot. I'm purposely not drinking until celebration to like prepare my body for various activities. And you're going to be on an airplane before and after, which is another like here, sit in this metal tube with all their cycled air of all these germ ridden people. I mean, I often get sick just when I fly, and I pretty much always get sick, like, after New York Comic Con. Yeah, I don't know. If there's one thing that I don't think about while going on vacations or anything else is, like, getting sick. So, I mean, I'm going to continue not thinking about it, but I know that when we get to wherever we are staying at Celebration that um, we will get the supplies needed to stop the germs from coming into our room because they are not I mean, don't go around clicking things. I know you like to do that, but maybe don't. (sighs) Emily, people can't know that. (laughs) So I can't lick you? Well, you definitely cannot lick me. Okay, well now you're telling me not to, so it means I have to. There's no there's no Emily licking allowed. It is a Emily is a licking free zone. You're gonna get to celebration and just a bunch of people are gonna start licking you. I will, you- uh, first of all, who's actually gonna do that? Because I might end up getting licked. You're the one who would actually have to do the licking. Also, I will punch somebody in the stomach. Probably not in the face. I don't think I've... No, I've never punched anybody in the face. I can't punch somebody in the face. But I will punch somebody if they click me. All right, everyone. If you're going to lick Emily, you have to do it like you're hugging her. So you have to like go in for a hug. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) You're causing lots of trouble. And you're going to pay for it when 
somebody gets punched and then you'll feel really bad. I mean, I'm not physically punching them. I mean, it's their decision to lick you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm not going out there telling people, hey, lick Emily. Like, this you is did, their... You literally just <laughs> told people to lick me. I mean, they could listen to my this is word. recorded, right? Like, I have evidence of it. We all have evidence of things, Emily. <laughs> yeah, and I have evidence of you telling people to lick me. Well... You know, I'm saying you should. I'm if I, I'm going to say right now, 31 minutes and 21 seconds. Lick Emily. I'm not saying I, Brittany Brown, say that you all should lick Emily Lind, because then that would me be me claiming. Uh-huh. Okay, but that, you are Brittany Brown, correct? Yeah. Okay. So 10 seconds earlier, when you told people to lick me, that was you saying that. But the, you know. I could have hinted sarcasm. Mm-hmm. I could have, you know, my words could have been twisted. Yeah, but they're not because we also have this whole conversation about how your words could have been twisted. Yeah, but you're editing this week, so you can cut out audio. Yes. Yeah. However, you told me to lick me. And so if I get licked, you are bearing the brunt of the blame. All right. I accept that. We are going to have, well, at least I'm, I'm not going to guarantee this because I got to actually order it first, but we are hopefully going to have some merch, just like buttons or something. I'm looking at a couple of different things. Yeah. I'm also waiting for T Public to have another sale because I was stupid and I didn't commit to the sale last um, time. So I don't think the sale is until the end of March. Damn it. I, I'll just cave in and spend a bunch of money on canto buy it and other podcast merch lots of podcast merch oh there's also a celebration there's going to be a panel on jedi fallen order which is like the one video game i have any excitement for that should be exciting are you gonna buy it yeah 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 i'll get that one well it depends like once we actually learn a little bit more about the gameplay I mean, as it stands now, it seems like it'll be like single player, like storyline stuff. And then I'll get it. If that's not the case, then I won't. I just want the storyline. Like my favorite thing to do is to go on YouTube the day of something comes out and just watch it like a movie. See, that seems insane to me. That's like basically like watching unboxing videos. I don't get it. You're talking to the girl that falls asleep to make up tutorials. Okay, there we go. So now, now it makes yeah. a little more sense. Huh. Yeah, but it's it, it's only certain makeup tutorials. Like Tati does the best. Like she has like a nice calming voice. So when she talks about applying the tart primer on her face, it it like <laughs> it makes me want to fall asleep <laughs> in a good way. But I'm excited to see a trailer for that. Like celebration is like where the tra- all the trailers are, and I always like watching trailers for things. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So, resistance. We liked it. We watched the descent from last week, and it was actually, I think, at least really good. Oh yeah. So this is the one where. Okay, so it picks up right where we left off. 
where the troopers have have come into their like docking bay and to place them all under arrest and <laughs> everybody but Tam escapes she gets arrested and this I do you know this character's name I I didn't catch it the like the inquisitor woman who comes in to talk to her let me look it up because her name was very forgettable even though she's badass but she is awesome like cool woman of color first dot first order officer awesome yes i loved her more of that on actual screen please because i know like there have been characters in books but on screen so cool really liked her all right uh her name is captain oh no never mind it is let me go down let me go down okay i'm gonna look at episodes without seeing the departed one i think no uh the no escape all right what is her name uh first order security agent tyranny wait seriously tyranny yeah oh god damn it started worse maybe she has a cool first name Okay, anyway, uh, and so, because the, they got to get a message out to the Resistance, and so they fucking sink the Colossus so they can get up to the, like, the communication blocker thing and disable it and send a message to Leia. Who is like, sorry, we can't actually help you. You're fucked. I love Leia. But... The other people who get the message, and this I liked because it's something that we had talked about when she left, is Pirate Chick and her pirate crew do hear the message. So I'm like, we're glad that's good. They don't show that and then they just ignore it. Like, so obviously they're going to, at least she's going to come and help out. Yeah. I miss Sonara. And... Yeah, like, you just sort of have Kaz being a badass, or at least being serious, which I really liked. Yeah, when he was telling Niku that he's a spy, and he's like, why did you tell me? (laughs) Oh, poor Niku. I know. And, like, when Tam, because Tam at first is, like, convinced this is obviously just a misunderstanding. And it's just... And go, yeah, because you can have a lot of frustration with her for not seeing the first order of what it is. But also, her friends have been lying to her this whole time. And she's the one who ends up arrested for it. She must feel so betrayed. Because, I mean, I understand the frustrations with her characters. Because sometimes I'm a little frustrated with her, too. But I'm forgetting that you know the first order, or the Empire, you know... Her family members were employed with the Empire, and she, how is she supposed to know who's good and who's not? We only know that because we've watched all the movies, but it's hard for us to get into the mindset that the Empire in the First Order might not be all bad. But, yeah, this, of course, least, this is or, before or, they're yeah, blowing up planets. Or, yeah, or at least, like, not everybody's going to see it in their day-to-day life. Yeah, 
And so this whole like cacophony of lies that falls down over first that I mean, the cast was just even at the very like basic level lying about who he was because she um, when the Inquisitor later is talking to her, she's like, well, you know, the when she's talking about how Tam thinks that Kaz came from some poor shitty planet and this lady's like nah he's he's from one of the wealthiest family on Hosnian Prime and so even the most basic things she thinks she knows about Kaz she now sees as lies yeah that's shitty but there's all like those two like when they're when they're running off because they escape through Jaeger's office and when when Tam gets left behind and and Kaz is calling for her to come and she she doesn't she, like she hesitates and then she gets arrested and I thought and this was brilliantly done which is how how awful Kaz feels that she didn't like immediately come like he's just so confused and also hurt by it. That and and <laughs> you go, of course, dude, we've lied to her this whole time. But he's still really hurt that she didn't trust him in that moment to come with the rest of them. Yeah. And but it's great how he still wants to like come back for her and he's still like, We need to get Tam, we need to get Tam because Yeah, like that's his main goal. Yeah, screw living. He wants to just go get her, you know? Like, screw the mission, screw everything else. Like he just wants to save her. And I feel like that's really important. He's learning. Yeah. And at the end, because, of course, um, when they shut down the array, it's it's Eager and Kaz, and Eager shoves Kaz off so he can get away. And then Eager's one who ends up, like, getting taken by the First Order. I love Eager. Oh, he's so great. What? The amount of, like, hurt on Yeager's face when he thinks Bucket is dead. Oh, my God. That made me sad. I had to go back and be like, wait, did they just kill Bucket? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because Bucket is, first of all, awesome, is, is a good distraction. He helps him get away in the first place. But then he, like, falls down this massive hole. Yeah. But- and, like, Yeager's like, Bucket, No! And you also have our girl CB23 being awesome. And she's the one who goes to give the message to uh, Doza that they're going to sink the Colossus. And so he needs to put up like the blast doors, whatever the fuck you're going to call it, so that, you know, not everybody drowns. I love their little team that they have with Captain Doza and Tora. Like, I. Yeah think that's really great i love their relationship i just love seeing i can't say that enough how i love seeing a father-daughter relationship in star wars that's you know healthy and that's fun yeah i like that and i also like that at first Taurus like really excited that she gets to be like part of this big adventure <laughs> and then when it actually starts happening she even has lunch she's like oh no this isn't what i thought it would be <laughs> yeah and we see Bubbles. Oh, Bubbles. Scared little Bubbles. Poor Bubbles. I yeah, I really like thoroughly enjoy this episode. 
Yeah, I thought it was great. I know I was watching it at work yesterday and and I always get bummed when it ends because it's only like a 22 minute episode. So it's like when it's over, I'm like, wait a minute. I was just having having fun. Yeah. And then like the end, Kaz like really steps up. He's like, okay, we're not going to have any help. We got to do this on their own. So let's go fucking do it. I liked it. Yeah. More of that. That's what I want more of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've heard nothing but positive things about the episode that just aired today. So I can't wait to review that with you next week. Yeah. I got to watch that before I get spoiled. I know. I mean, normally I don't. Yeah, normally I don't particularly care about being spoiled for this show, but after th- that episode, I want to not be spoiled because I'm really excited. Yeah. Hmm. Well, do we want to talk about Captain Marvel? Well, if we got this far, then I think we can go a little yeah. further. Okay. So, we don't have any emails or stuff this week, so we're going to just end the episode with Captain Marvel. So, if you haven't seen Captain Marvel, and you care at all about seeing Captain Marvel, turn off the podcast. Wait, there's just is this be- considered a man- monthly Mendo movie? Yeah, but I'm, gi- I'm, giving, I'm giving the warning first. Oh, okay. And then we'll do the song, because the song will mark the point over which, if you haven't turned off by now, you're fucked, because we're just going to talk about spoilers. Right. So, we're going to talk about the whole movie, including... Everything that happens. I mean, not like plot point by plot point, but, you know, we're going to tell talk about major stuff that happened. So turn off the episode if you haven't seen it. Come back to it when you have. But also go see Captain Marvel because it's awesome. Please. Yeah. But now it's time for Monthly Monday Movies. menacing i love it i know it, it always brings a smile to my face captain marvel fucking love this movie i do too sorry i had to mute it because i burped <laughs> but it just it's <laughs> Look, it's not perfect. There's some weird cheesy stuff at times. There's some like lines that are big clunkers. But for the most part, like all in all, it's one of the most fun times I've had at the Marvel movies. It was it was fun. I had a good time. I loved Mendo. This was probably I don't know. Like, I feel like Mendo, this was the best Mendo movie. It's of them all. It is. It's incredible. Not only is it a great performance, because it is a great performance, especially a great performance under all that makeup that he manages to make that character a character, but it's also a really well written character, which I feel is missing from a lot of these movies. Like, there's characters who are really cool. Like, Loki's awesome. He's a lot of fun. But um, 
I don't know, except for for maybe Black Panther. I've never really cared about the villains. And this is great because it turns out he's not the villain. The biggest Mendo twist to ever happen in a Mendo movie. And I, yeah, I gotta ask because this is what I'm like in my head. Okay, first of all, I went into this movie thinking, okay, Mendo's a villain, Mendo's gonna die. Yeah. And then when halfway through the movie, he comes to Captain Marvel to be like, hey, I'm not actually the bad guy here. Help me find this thing so I can save my people. I just assumed he was lying. <laughs> me too. Okay, good. Okay, so I feel like that's sort of what you're supposed to think. And so, but then when we are on, when they're on the station and his family comes out, well, then I'm like, okay, well, now he's going to die because he's not the bad guy. And he's going to be like, sacrifice his life or something. But no, he lives. He lives and he gets to go off with his family. I couldn't have asked for a better ending for a movie. But when they end in, when they, Go on the ship, and then he's looking at his space child, and he gets shot. I scream so loud. <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> oh, man. Because uh, here's the thing is, I knew, like, I know in the comic books that, like, the Kree aren't, like, our friends. They're not noble warrior dudes. I mean... It's sort of it's sort of the way it, it often works, and there's exceptions to this, which is the Skrull and the Kree are fighting their war, and th- like neither of them gives a shit if everybody on Earth dies. So it's not, and they're just sort of like going back and forth trying to get control of Earth. So I like I, but in the, when I, I don't know, it's just sort of the way they advertise this movie made me think, okay, they just made the Kree the good guys in this movie, and that's just how it's going to be. And I'm so glad they didn't do that. One, because it's it's closer to the comics, but also because it's much more interesting. And also to have the scrolls be like refugees is really like works really well here and it's really emo- like an emotional impact. It was. I wasn't expecting to feel like that because of this movie. Like when Mendo shows up in Louisiana with the milkshake. <laughs> what does he say when he's holding that milkshake? Oh, I don't remember. God, but it was so funny because I think I heard someone in the audience be like, oh, Mendo. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually got a big applause at the very end when they were showing like the the people too. So I was surrounded by fellow Mendo fans. People really seem to like him. I, I love the fact that he decided to use his real accent. Um, I know he he looked good in that suit and those glasses. Holy though. shit! Yeah, when he is in human form as like Nick Fury's boss, like the, the he like when they when they have the fight and the glasses get knocked off and he picks them up and he's like, I don't need these. But they really complete the look and I'm like, oh, they really really do. And then at the end when they're all sitting around the table, and 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 like just you know sitting at her at the Rambo's house and she's like and he's like. I really liked his, like, having his pretty blue eyes or something like that. <laughs> I think it's his beautiful blue eyes. I'm like, that is a hilarious line to give an actor to say about himself. Oh, you know, he probably dubbed that in. 
But like even just beyond Mendo, who was awesome, written really well, really funny. Like all of its all his exchanges with Fury were great. Um, his his reaction to Goose was amazing. That was the best. Him being afraid of Goose. Yeah, well, I mean, he's the one who's right there. <laughs> I know, because at first I'm like, <laughs> the dude's afraid of a cat, but then Goose becomes Flurkin. Flurkin. Uh Samuel Jackson actually like decided to fucking act again. He doesn't do that very often anymore. Don't get me wrong, Nick Fury is fun in those other movies, yeah. but he is being Samuel Jackson. And that's what Samuel Jackson, like, without the cursing, but that's what Samuel Jackson has decided to be for a very long time now. Um, highlighted mostly in Snakes on a Plane, but it's been, just been that sort of thing. He's going to show up and be cool Samuel Jackson. But that's not what this is. This is like an actual character. And uh, man, what happens to Fury in the next 20 years? Because he's laughing in this movie. He's joking around a lot. Like, even after he gets his eye scratched out. Yeah. He was really good. I love the chemistry with him and Brie Larson. Yes. Like, the, the scene when they're in the bar and she's first telling him about everything. And she shoots the the jukebox with the pulse cannon, and she's just like, "Scrolls don't have pulse cannons." He's like, "Well, how do I know that's true?" <laughs> and I thought the fight scene with him and Mendo was great. Yeah, the whole movie was great. Like, it sucked because, you know, a lot of people in my family didn't like agree that you know it was as well as we're perceiving it to be. So it was just kind of shitty getting home and being like, yeah, it was okay. Or yeah, it was a low budget. Like my dad kept saying it was a low budget film. And I'm like, dad, do you see what they're doing with Samuel Jackson? That's incredible, by the way. I was not like, I thought it like, cause I saw the trailers and I'm like, okay, that looks fine. But how is it going to look in the whole movie? It looks great. He looked great. And it's, it's funny really that, because this is a 90s set movie, which has a lot of fun. It means the soundtrack's great. Like, that's the soundtrack of my teenage years. But also, it fits really well because the the performance that Samuel L. Jackson is giving in this movie is mid-90s Samuel L. Jackson. Like, it's the same sort of... He's carrying himself like he did back in, in Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking love Samuel L. Jackson. I wish he would do this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, there's a couple parts that are cheesy and dumb. When they are first escaping in the ship, uh, when it's her and Fury and Goose, and the G's hit, and you see the cat like pressed up against the back of the ship, looking like a straight-out Looney Tune. Oh, wait a we don't need CGI it also, cat. It also Give just, us it, real cat. Like, it just looks really dumb. Like, there's there's no... It's not just like it was badly done. It's just I don't think there is a way to do that that doesn't look cartoony and stupid. And so you just... You shouldn't do it. 
like it's it's such a like i don't know it really took me out of that scene because until then i'm like oh ghost snuck on and it's fun and fury's like really uncomfortable in the ship but then they they actually show the cat and i'm like i feel like maybe you should have sort of heard the cat like you should have heard like a slam and then like a meow like i think that would have been a lot better yeah i loved how fury loved goose too even after he cut his eye yeah i also think that's a hilarious way for fury to lose his eye like it just is okay i saw i saw someone predicting i don't know if they were predicting that on twitter or if they actually spoiled it because i was like wait a fucking second i saw this on twitter oh yeah so i was kind of bummed about that or maybe it was just someone just guessing because i think they did one of those wouldn't it be funny if it was goose that caused a uh, caused fury to lose his eye i thought it was like i loved it it was great. This is, it's not perfect. Again, like there's some, there's some really poor dialogue and occasionally some of the nineties jokes are a bit much, but for the most part, I liked it. And also this is a movie I'm going to watch again. Like, yeah, because it's really fun. It's not three fucking hours long. It, it feels, I know some people had a problem the first act, like with all the Cree stuff. I actually still feel like this is a, more tightly plotted movie than than most of the Marvel movies feel to me. There's always by the end of the Marvel movies, there's tends to be like a okay, here's a 40 minute chunk I would have been fine without. Well, I didn't really have that in this one. Um, partially because I thought the stuff on the Cree homeworld was really visually interesting. Yeah, I had no problems with the first act. I didn't even think there was any until everyone was like, oh, the first part was slow. Like, I mean, it's not no, like you need it because you need to know. You need to have, we need to see her really trusting Jude Law. Yeah. I'm also glad there was no romance. Well, I mean, there's not, but there totally is. She's totally, like, that friend is totally in love with her. Which friend? Uh, Rambo, what's her first name? Because the kid's Monica. Maria? Oh, you think the mom's in love with, with oh, the Carol? I think that I think they totally are girlfriends. Really? Yes. Oh. I mean, that's not that's not from the comic books or anything, because that's that character doesn't exist. Well, the daughter there is a there is a Monica Rambo in the comics. She was actually one of the early Captain Marvels. She was Captain Marvel before Captain Marvel was Captain Marvel. Um, I mostly actually know that character from one of my favorite comics of all time by Warren Ellis, which is Next Wave Agents of Hate, which is just a hilarious, weird group of assholes who are super powered. And she's in that. Hmm. But yeah, she was she was Captain Marvel back in the 80s. Oh, interesting. So I hope they do something with her. Because they had her be a kid in this movie, like having her be, you know, back when when the Avengers come, yeah, that's, that's, you know, I don't quite know what year this is. So, you know, like 25 years later? So she could be around doing cool shit. 20. Yeah, because I think this movie was in 95. Okay. Which was the year 
I was born. Oh my god. So. Oh my god. <laughs> don't you can't say things like that because then I don't. Jesus. Anyway, I thought that good old girl was awesome. I loved her. Me too. And I like yeah. My favorite parts of the movie. I liked them both, and I thought that friendship was good. I know the friendship was wonderful because it made me want to go back into Carol's life to see just stuff that Carol was doing, you know, like I want a whole movie about Carol in the Air Force. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I loved is, I mean, Annette Benning, who, first of all, is just awesome. Always happy to see her in a movie. Yeah. Um, And her being Marvell. Because there was a lot of talk back when Jude Law was first cast that Jude Law was going to be Marvell, And I sort of thought, I just sort of assumed, because I didn't, I purposely didn't read any spoilers for this movie or any, like, sort of speculation. But I liked the turn of of it, of Marvell being a woman. Because that, I, I just, there's so many strong women in this movie, that's great. And yeah. the 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 last fight scene between her and Jude Law, and he's like, "Fight me without your powers," and she's like, "I don't have anything to prove to you." So good. I loved. That. Oh, it was so good. I have to say, I was very disturbed by Jude Law's contacts. Those yellow eyes, like I couldn't look at his face. I was just mad at him for killing all the squirrels. Yeah. Fuck you, Jude Law. Fuck you for confusing Carol and telling her that the squirrels are bad guys when you're a bad guy, fucking Jude Law. Yeah, he's not a good dude. That made me mad because, like, after seeing, like, Mendo and his wife and his kid, I'm like... It just made me sad. They made me sad for everyone else on that crew because it's like, you know, I was like, oh, okay, they're the, they're the crew, you know, like they're, they're all friends. They're all good people, but no, they're bad. They're bad and they kill Mendo's friends. You kill Mendo's friends, I kill your friends. (laughs) It's a good policy. Yeah. I need this to come out on digital so I can have all of the Talos gifts. I just want lots and lots of Mendo gifts. Me too. But um, overall, I, I really want to see Mendo again. I I'm, I don't think he's going to be an endgame, but I mean that's the dream. Yeah, I mean there's certainly there's a couple. I mean there's a couple ways you have Min again. You can either have Min as Talos, which I would really like, or you have him as the fucking boss dude. If you ever do any more shield shit. I mean, it'd be twenty five years true. older, but I just put some. I mean, if they can make him. if they can make Samuel Jackson look twenty five years younger, yeah, they can make Mendo look yeah. 20, 20 something years older. But really, I want to see Talos again, and I think we might because it seems like I mean, between this and and Guardians, it seems like they're pretty committed to the cosmic stuff. 
which I'll be yeah. honest was was never my favorite stuff reading the comic books, but I've liked it in the movies. I really like both those Guardians Galaxy Guardian of the Galaxy movies. I like this movie. And since they've already like done Thanos and stuff like that, there's there's all sorts of things you can explore with that. Um, like the Kree and the Skrull like give you a good jumping off point, but there's lots of other stuff there too. And I feel like they've got to go back to the Skrulls just because the Skrulls are such an easy hook in terms of you don't know who you can trust. Like they've gone, they've yeah. gone to that well many, many times in the comic books of, oh no, that person is actually a scroll, and I feel like I feel like they're just not gonna not ever use that again. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to see the scrolls again, but I mean, I I like the scrolls. I trust them. I don't know why people don't like the scrolls. Well, they're bad guys for the most part in the comics. But Mendo. I know, but Mendo. And Mendo is a good scroll. That's one of the things I like. I like when they don't do things exactly like the comics. So I like that it wasn't just, eh, we're going to secretly invade your planet to take it over. But it's, hey, we're coming here because we need this one thing because I want to save my people. Like, I think that's a much more interesting story. Yeah. So I hope if we see the scrolls again, we see we see Talos and his family. And I hope that they are on the side of good. Me too. I want to see more Talos and and Captain Marvel, and I want to see more Talos and Nick Fury. And also I'm I want so to know how long Talos. I want to know how long Flurkins live. Because I want to know if Goose can still be alive. I feel like this will be one that I rewatch because it's fun and it's pretty light. Like, there's some emotional stuff there, but for the most part, like, I can put this one in and just watch it. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think this movie is totally rewatchable. Uh, I don't know. I just, I really like Captain Marvel. Like, I want to see more of her. I want to see how she interacts with the Avengers. Yeah, I guess I'm actually going to go see that Avengers movie now. You have to watch, uh, yeah, yeah no, you have I to don't. watch. I know what happens. Thanos, Thanos, lots of people die, snap, everybody disappears. Then they got to save the world. And then Captain Marvel shows up. I guess, but it's, 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 <laughs> It's fun. I mean, you you get everyone coming together, yeah, I don't, and that's kind I don't of funny. Like that and it doesn't appeal to me. Too many characters. Okay. Who's your least favorite? Oh, Iron Man. Oh, I can really? hate Iron Man. I don't give two shits about the Guardians. I like. I don't particularly care about Star-Lord. I like Rocket. And I like... What's his name? Who uh, Dave Bautista plays. And I like... um, Yeah. 
I like Groot. Who doesn't like Groot? But now I hate Iron Man. Most, I mean, partially from the comics, which isn't quite fair, but I don't like him. And I'm trying to think of everybody else I really don't like. I don't particularly care about Doctor Strange. I didn't really like that movie. That might be the most of the reason, is I think he's just a little bit boring. Yeah. I mean, I agree, but he doesn't really do much for me. He doesn't really tickle my pickle. But I also, I, but I like, I like Bruce Banner. Oh. Because I think Mark Ruffalo is amazing in that role. Yeah, he's great. And I like Captain America. And Thor, I sort of go back and forth on because some of those movies are really bad. But Ragnarok was good and that made me like him again. I like Thor when Thor's being funny. Yeah, I like funny Thor now. You know, like. Yeah. I don't care about his like pathos, you know, like when he's doing emotional stuff, I check out because I don't. I don't think he's that good of an actor. He's very likable. He's an incredibly charming actor. He does the funny stuff really well. The emotional stuff, eh. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I... I like Marvel, but I mean, like, I'm not gonna, like, sit there and cry if, like, fucking... Captain America dies on screen. I don't know. Like, not that these characters don't do nothing for me. I mean, I enjoy these movies and everything, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, I I see everyone's connections, like, to Marvel and everything, and it kind of makes me jealous sometimes because I'm like, I want to feel the feelings, you know, because it, <laughs> you, you know, so yeah. when, when I experienced the snap, it was just everyone in the audience just being like, oh... Oh, except for that guy that was sitting next to my sister sobbing after Spider-Man left. That was rough, though. I don't. I get. I get emotional over characters dying. I don't get emotional over the character. Like, or at least I imagine I wouldn't get emotional over the characters being snapped away because I know that's not going to last. Now, in this next movie, yeah. like if Cap dies, like that would have some emotional weight. But the snap doesn't for me. Which is sort of like, it's okay, except for the fact that like if this if this last movie had been one movie and the middle of it had been the snap, then that's a really cool moment and I like it. But as an end of a movie, I'm just like, well, that just doesn't, doesn't mean anything. I see it through like the character's eyes. Like even though like kind of I know that well, duh, they're going to come back to life. Like, still, it feels like they're dead to me. Like, I still feel like Spider-Man's dead to me, even though I just saw a Far From Home trailer a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you know? I guess part of it is I don't... I mean, maybe I don't care enough about any of them for them thinking their friends are dead for me to care about that. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that, you know, we spend time with these characters in the movie theater and we like get to know them and then all of a sudden like they're gone, you know? 
Like, it just sucks. It's like, damn. Like, and then, you know, at the very end, you know, you just hear Captain America just say, like, my God. And that just, like, that still sticks with me because it's just, it's nothing that they've ever seen before. You know, people just vanishing and you, you hear nothing. Like, there's no music. There's just everyone just standing there like what the fuck just happened like it just it's so haunting always gets me always gets me uh did you see the game of thrones trailer uh no because i don't care i saw some pictures of it went oh it's a dragon and then i moved on oh it's a dragon i just yeah the problem is I just stopped liking any of the characters whatsoever. Oh, really? Yep. Like, I'm just like, I kind of hope everybody, like, I want the show just to, like, everybody to die. And so I just thought, why am I still watching this? Yeah. I don't know. I need to go back and rewatch that before the new season comes up because I don't, not that I don't know everyone's names. It's like, if you showed me a picture of someone, I couldn't talk. I I couldn't talk about them for more than one minute. (laughs) Like, Oh, this is Sir Davos. Um, He made a, uh, a carving of a deer for, uh, the little girl whose name I don't remember. That's it. Well, um, I'm glad that both of us enjoyed this uh, Mendo movie. I did. Hottest, hottest green alien dude ever. Like, I, like we talked about how he looks really good in when he took over the shield dude's body and he had the nice suit and the glasses. Would still totally bang him in scroll form. I know that. I knew the movie was good. Especially when... What what time was it? It was at 6.45pm on Thursday. I get a text message in all caps. When are you seeing Captain Marvel? <laughs> that was <laughs> literally typed by me as I walked out of the theater. <laughs> and me sitting in Olive Garden said at 45 minutes i'm assuming it's good in all caps <laughs> and that's when i got excited i was glad that no one spoiled it for um for us because i know there are shitty people out there who are still hate bombing it on like uh, rotten tomatoes and other things because uh they're sad people yeah basically But no, I thought it was great. Love the movie. Love the cast. Love the soundtrack. Lots of fun. Want to go see it again. Yes, I agree. All right. So, Brittany, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? You can find me on Twitter as Canto Brit. Instagram, Brittany the Ginger. What about you? you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod. 
You can email us, kindabytepod at gmail.com. Send us emails. Send us fuck, Mary kill suggestions. Send us things to rate in our top three. Send us, you know, questions or thoughts on anything we've talked about or anything you want us to talk about. And if you are on iTunes, please rate and review us there. It helps us out quite a bit. Yes. Anything else? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I hope everyone enjoyed Canto Bite's yes. sick patch. I hope that you are all are feeling better than we are, and I hope by the time this goes up, we are not sick anymore. Yes. But other than that, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ghetto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Ghetto bitch. Brittany, the Jinj, and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Ghetto bitch number one.